You are listening to Bad Bitch Hysteria Radio. Welcome to episode two of Popping Off Pink. Episode two. <laughs> we got a lot to get into. Um, there's two of us right now, but Kimber's on the way, so it's a fun day. Um, but we kind of want to highlight some of the stuff we talked about in episode one because I'm very proud of episode one, and we we delved into some things that hip hop doesn't really talk about um, from our perspective, from a women's perspective. So really quickly, um, we gave a shout out to Cleo for short. She's an up and coming rapper. She's being mentored by Pusha T. And we talked a little bit about colorism in the industry. Mm. And of course, we got into what was happening with the sexual assault and, and Me Too and some, some news items. So today... Powerful episode. Yes. So kudos to us. And I think we also, you know, we taped on August 3rd. There wasn't a lot of women chit-chatting on podcasts um, for hip-hop, but there seems to be more now. So that's, um, I think we set the bar. We started something. Yeah, I think it's fair to say we set the bar and Should we started something. we say our something. names, you know, just let the people know who we are? I mean, I guess. I'm Chi-Chi. <laughs> and I'm Junie Mars. And um, I want to give a shout out to everyone at Hip Hop Scriptures, um, because that's kind of laid the foundation, because we talk about the history and the evolution and the current state. And Junie, anything else you want to plug? Oh, I mean, I would love for you to check out my Instagram, you know, like if you'd like to learn more about me and my empowerment and everything that I'm about, it's Junie.Mars. Check me out. Cool beans. All right, let's get into it. Um, First and foremost, we all know about the Queen Bee syndrome, um, but there's one queen that we have to pay our respects to. Oh, my gosh. We put out. A statement, but it's so important, and I don't want to take too much time because I could go the whole podcast. We have to pay our respects to Aretha Franklin, um, Detroit, born and raised, <laughs> um, or grew up in Detroit, I should say. But so much, so much to say about Aretha. Not just her music, but the message of her music. Um, I remember watching her on the Blues Brothers movie, and always like waiting for that part to come on. Just the pink Cadillac, the respect. That was amazing. All the pink Cadillacs. It was like, what, 100? Over 100, yeah. yeah. How cool is that? And my understanding was they were Mary Kay. Like, the woman who organized it Mm -hmm. was someone who worked for Mary Kay. It's like, every time you reach a milestone, they give you a pink. How awesome is that? First of all, they give you, like, a pink Cadillac. And she was able to, she said, hmm, I wonder how many I could get together to, you know, give tribute to Aretha Franklin. And how beautiful is that? I just see Aretha in almost everyone that we look to mm. now. Because you look at that, those 100 pink Cadillacs, and that's like her army or her navy, right? And like Rihanna has her navy, and Beyonce has her beehive, and, you know, some other folks have other... <laughs> groups that we're going to get into but I just we I just feel like we owe so much to her because yeah. she was someone who stood in her power even Serena oh Williams I feel like oh, can is we inspired t- are we going to talk about by Serena? Aretha Franklin of course okay of course um yeah. so just being unapologetically yourself as a black woman 
Um, and you can extend that to women and, and everyone else. But as a black woman, to be unapologetically yourself, thank you. The true, thank you, Aretha. The true definition of a queen, yes. right? Aretha Franklin like, was the true and, and is she was a shade true. queen, too. Okay. <laughs> yes. Which I love. Yeah, I love that. And I'm just, her legacy lives on, you know? And I think what's what's fortunate and unfortunate about, like, when people pass away is it it brings light to who they are for a new generation, mm-hmm. right? It's like, like, you'll see younger younger generations be like oh I don't I don't even know about Aretha Franklin like right. teenagers may not know and and their parents didn't introduce them and it's like it gives them a way to get get more familiar with such a talented artist so it's like I just I'm, I'm really excited about how her legacy will live on and Jennifer Hudson man did you see her her performance I did. oh yes. my gosh just so many wonderful people came out and gave tribute and well-deserved tribute did you see Ariana Grande? No. So, I only saw, like, clips. So, so good. She she did good, but there was some controversy. Oh, yes. The, 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 the minister, well, the yes. pastor. First, the, what I, in order of, of events, first it was, oh, she's wearing a dress that's too short and inappropriate for church and a funeral. Oh. And then shortly thereafter, it was um, a, what I consider a disturbing video. Um, of her on stage with the pastor. It wasn't so much what he was doing. It was what he was doing. And also she seemed to be like pulling away. That's what really struck me. Um, and then people came out in defense of both. And then he did issue an apology. Um, but it was hard to watch. It was very cringy, the whole scene. And then it's, it's weird so when you sketchy. see something like that. And then you see people you respect or you follow. And they're like, no, he didn't do anything wrong. There was nothing wrong with that scene. And I saw it before the commentary, mm. so it was really uh, interesting to see yeah. other people's take on it. I mean, it. that doesn't really surprise me, though. I mean, it kind of goes back to the conversation that we were having in the last episode. Mm-hmm. How, honestly, I feel like there's this this unspoken brotherhood often between men. And it's like, oh, no, he didn't mean it like that. He, he, it wasn't just the men. It was the, okay, it fine, was the black but, church. Okay. And they would, said that's how it always is in the black church. They get touchy feely and no. everyone else that was watching it who wasn't a part of the black church was taken it the wrong way. Mm. It was men and women saying that. And yes, the bros too. Yeah. But, but the black church specifically was yes. like, No, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know there's a lot of cover up that happens, mm-hmm. not just in the black church, you know, in churches. Yes. But that's you know, that's a whole, that's a whole, oh my goodness. That's a whole like world that we can get into. But, um, well, I'll just say this and not to offend anyone. Cause I do have a lot of respect, um, for religion, especially if my grandma's watching, um, <laughs> the church, hey, grandma. the churches, when they were started, the people that started them, they knew that folks had kind of started what we're doing now, this path of enlightenment through mm. the self. Mm. And so they kept a lot of things out of the ancient text because they didn't want folks to do that path of enlightenment. They wanted them to come through the church for enlightenment. So mm. I just leave us, I'll leave our audience with that because that's a whole other t- discussion. Interesting. Hmm. All just, right. Okay, fine. You know where I'm going next. Go ahead. I want your first thoughts, the first thing that came to mind, and then I want your take. <sighs> On I'm ready. <laughs> Nikki versus Cardi at Fashion Week. You know what? Like, I had so much trouble watching that. 
like I cringed. I was like, why? Why did you cringe? Because bitch, come here, bitch, come here. <laughs> because look, because look, because look. All right, let's be real, right? New York Fashion Week. Who dominates? White people, right? So you have. Um, with the popularization of hip hop, you mm-hmm. have people now that are wealthy enough, that mm-hmm. are recognized enough to be brought into the hip uh, to the fashion world, right. to, to New York Fashion Week, something that's more prestigious, something that's more um, you have to be in the know to be able to attend. Mm-hmm. And then you have Cardi B and Nicki, you know, blowing up the media, not because, oh, did you see what Nicki was wearing? Or did you see what Cardi was wearing? Or did you hear her awesome statement about fashion? But did you hear the fight between Nicki Minaj and Cardi B? And so for me, my first reaction was cringing because I was like, oh, man, you know, yeah. it's like these women are true powerhouses mm-hmm. in their own separate, like, zones right right and that's another that's another conversation but uh when people may who may have been tuned into fashion week maybe that's their first time experiencing these women and that's what they're talking about Mm -hmm. that's what gets to me because it's like i was sharing with you before it's like why is it that when women of color i don't does cardi b consider herself a black woman Okay. Okay, I'll just tell you what I know. Okay. And I don't know everything. But I, I watched Cardi and I became a fan of her because I'm silly as hell and I liked her internet Instagram. Well, no, I love Cardi. I love so her. So at one point she did an interview and I don't know which platform, but I, I can see her sitting there and she talked about her teeth needing to be fixed and her hair being nappy. Okay. So to me, you say nappy hair, you're basically showing me your nappy hair, you're telling me you're black. Okay. But at some point, and this could have been the media push, it could have been her PR, it could have been a combination of things. She was pushed out in front as Latina, and then mm. the black kind of took a back seat. You know what I'm saying? Because there's right. some folks who are very clear, I'm Afro-Latina, and right, I'm not saying right. she's not. I'm just saying the way it's perceived in the media, it's more like she's Latina, and that's it. Um, but now that and that question keeps coming up, I haven't seen a rush to answer uh, it. So I think it's kind of like, let's, let's, let's just let, let it play both sides. And it's kind of like, she's the Barack Obama of, of mm. women's cause he likes, he said what he likes to let people project themselves onto him. So it's kind of like, if you're a Latina, I can, I can relate to this woman. Mm. I'm a black woman. I can relate to her and I'm just not going to clear up how I identify. Be, I'm going to be what you think I am. And again, I could be wrong, but I haven't heard her say that. She still shows pictures of herself as a little girl. Okay. And clearly you see the texture of the hair, right? And there's been a thousand memes. (laughs) I love that picture. So I don't know. (laughs) Where she's like... And to be fair, it's not just Cardi. Yeah. It's not just Cardi. There's a lot of folks who um, like to play. They, they, They like to play and make their money in black spaces but they love to play with ambiguity. Okay. Yes. Tell they, it. They love it. And That's so true. And what I was going to say is, you know, I feel, I will say it like this. I feel that the industry sees, whether people get mad, okay. The, the industry sees Latinos as more marketable. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's more appealing 
to be considered um, a new rap artist who is Latina than a black a black woman. Yeah. I think I think that goes back to the idea of colorism and the idea of wanting to put a certain look out in front. And so, I I, I mean that's 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 something that I've I've always questioned and wondered um, why why. Diversity is not celebrated, and it's more like one look is celebrated. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just questionable. But I say all that to say, when I see women of color not seeing each other as sisters and instead seeing each other as, there can only be one queen bee, it's it's problematic for me. Yeah. Because if you look at the the predominance of men in hip-hop, it's like, yeah, of course you see people having their battles and their beef and everything like that. Busta Rhymes and 50 Cent today. 50 said that Busta has the strongest neck in hip hop and he didn't take it as a compliment. So then he talked shit about 50 and oh, pulled no. like an old picture of 50 trying to look tough and he looked just more adorable than tough. And they went back and forth and then it was like, it's all love. Let's get in the studio. Okay. No one was saying, I got to knock him off his pedestal and vice versa. But then again, you know, we come to this, we're talking about hip hop, but it's in real life too. Like, are they really judged on their look and their beauty? And like fashion week, you have men there too now. Yeah. But before it was, I mean, let's pay respects to Lil' Kim. She kind of paved mm, the way. This is true. Lil' Kim was my first thought for two reasons. Why? Break it down, Chi-Chi. Because she paved the way for Fashion Week for hip-hop. So not just women from hip-hop at Fashion Week, but everybody being invited because we weren't invited before. Yeah, it was exactly. like, oh, they're violent. Exactly. Even when we were up for Grammys, it was like, we'll give them the award off camera. Like, you don't need to be present, that type of thing. So for all the folks that are trying to make it a black-white thing, I'm sorry, but like, really... Are you going to go to work and beat up the person or throw something at the person that's been pissing you off for the past several months? Are you going to show up at your child's school and beat the hell out of a teacher? Because, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but I was just really appalled at folks that were like, oh, it doesn't matter that there was a bunch of white people there. No, it doesn't matter that there was a bunch of white people there. What matters was decorum, and decorum has no color. Mm. Whether you're tribal or you're native or you're African or you're Mexican, there's something called decorum in every single culture, and that was not the time or place. Nope. But to be fair, it wasn't a fight either. And, you know, we can say, what about the fight? But if you're a journalist and you have a big platform... It's really um, irresponsible to call it a fight. It was a scene. It was a scene. Now, yeah. how we fight is different. Right. What do I have in my arsenal? I have this podcast. I have my brain. I consider myself somewhat of a mastermind because I get excited about she is learning, a <laughs> learning new things, you know, and just absorbing knowledge, right? But apparently, um, another thing I have in my arsenal is my shoe. You can take oh. your shoe... And create a scene. Okay. And several people there, I'm going to tell you guys something. You're going to love this. Several people there saw Cardi and her publicist with the phone in hand waiting for Nikki to come down to record this. So trust and believe this was a scene, a stunt, a show. You want something more? She threw the shoe at 1053. 
You know what time she was escorted out by security? What? 10.54. Mm-hmm. So you have all those different angles of the supposed fight, and it makes you think, God, how long did this last? Did this go on for five minutes, ten minutes? One. One minute. One. But that's the power of social One media. One minute. That's the power of social media. You can have, <laughs> right, on Instagram, you are allowed to have a video clip of one minute on a story What it's 15 seconds. But in that 15 seconds to one minute, you can change someone's identity, someone's perception, just like how you view someone. So that was Cardi's weapon, was using um, the shoe to create a scene. Now, let's be clear. Creating a scene is powerful because we're talking about it. And this is going to be talked about for years, right? No judgment. That's her arsenal. That's what she used. And that's what she got. She got a scene and got talked about. So Nikki's um, weapon of choice was Queen Radio, her podcast. Oh, my gosh. And now, and see, you have to be careful. This is where the art of war comes into play. Everything Nikki said, not everything, but she said a lot of things that were kind of receipts, right? So she's still, she's still the bad guy, though. It's not, it doesn't matter that she said things that were truthful. What matters is no one wants to hear from you. Mm. They want you off the pedestal. Mm. Some barbs are now part of the Barty gang. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Some of her fans are like, I've been a lifelong fan. You know, some of these people are like 20 years old. Wait, wait I need you to go back. Why do you feel like people don't want to hear from her? Because she said the truth, right? If I attacked you and then I don't even consider it an attack. If I threw something at you and caused the yeah. scene, let's be real. Cardi knows how to attack people. She's from the Bronx. I know how to attack people. I'm from Chicago. So that's no shade. If I really want to attack you, I'm going to come give you a hug and snuff you. Okay, Gigi. Okay. (laughs) She's giving me a warning. Okay. Just so you know. No, but seriously. Just so you know. (laughs) I'm like, all right. Like, hey, bring it in. Bring it in. (laughs) (laughs) But no, seriously. The fact that she said things that were factual and it was still like, oh, get the F out of here. We don't want to hear from you. Shut up. You're disgusting. Those were the comments wow. because I was like, well, let me get a read. Let me get a read. Let me read what's on Twitter. Let me read what's on Instagram. And yes, she has a Nikki still has tons of fans. Right. But the temperature read, she's not going to win in this climate. She's just not. And it's because people are projecting themselves onto Cardi and it's not just women. Mm. I've had men say, oh, she rec- she represents, you know, for anyone that's getting offended, please cover your ears now, because I'm quoting. She represents the girl I finger popped down the block, and I want to hear what she has to say. So you have that guy, wow. you have that girl who's just struggling to make it. You have people who just feel like they haven't been heard because of their class or where they come mm. from. And it's, it has nothing to do with these individuals and their character. Mm. It's what you're projecting, right? And Nikki has not had the best um, reputation, especially after the whole Sheether thing. And apparently, I didn't hear the whole podcast, but apparently Nikki gave props, believe it or not, to Remy Ma and said she did her thing on Sheether. Yes, I know. Yes. Um, but so, like, if okay. you look at the behavior, both of them have had behavior that's like, no. But folks are just riding with Cardi. But here's my thing. You can do that, you know, all the fuckery in the world. But I want to get to the fuckery. Because Ebro is the host of Hot 97. 
And this is where Lil' Kim comes back into play. My my queen bee. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's that's I'm wearing all black. Um, so then Charlemagne, I don't even want to discuss Charlemagne because nothing he said really shocked me. I already knew he was riding with Cardi. That's fine. If you say I'm a huge fan of this girl and whatever she did, I'm riding with it because she felt like she needed to do it. Mm. I don't have to agree with that. Like, that's completely fine. But they took it a step further. And I watched both of their reactions on Monday. And I'm paraphrasing because what they both essentially said is this is a day and age where you can tweet, you can thumb thug, you can talk shit, you can pop off and, and people have no consequences. And so it's good that she pulled up on her. OK, Lil Kim spent a year in prison for perjury. They were seeking 20 years. Want to know what happened? 2001, February 25th. What happened? Capone and his crew, and Foxy, and Lil' Kim and her crew, and somebody got shot. He didn't die, thank God. He was released from the hospital, shot in the back. Uh, Kim originally said she didn't recognize her manager from the footage, and she didn't know who was involved, and that's why she got the perjury charge. Mm. And instead of doing 20 years, thank God she got a year. The irony that that happened by the woman who paved the way for hip-hop at Fashion Week the irony that that happened outside of Hot 97, where you work, Ebro, and you're saying, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That's, that's, that's the new shit. Like, you should just go pull up on people. Do you know how messy that is? Especially when most of this woman's, um, both, both of them, have, like, teenagers as their fans. You're going to get a lot of people in trouble. I'm and not, who, I'm not who, okay with that. And who, t- you know, I can't, okay, like... We have to take responsibility mm-hmm. for our voice. A lot of people like have this word vomit and just talk, like talk without any sort of uh, feeling of responsibility or any sort of accountability. Yeah. And we have to realize that when you are on the radio or you are an artist who has millions and billions and whatever of fans, whatever you're doing Regardless if you say, well, I'm an adult, you know, like, I can do this. I can say whatever I want. No, you have to take responsibility. Both of these men have daughters, by the way. I know. You have to take responsibility (laughs) for what you are saying. Because you cannot say, like, yeah, you know, you should just go whatever, whatever. What do they say? Go good for the culture, man. If someone's talking shit online, pull up on them. That'll (laughs) teach them. First That'll of all, teach them. First of all, do you know that bullying culture is a huge thing? In, right. Like, so come, you're saying that to the kid who's getting bullied on Facebook and he's going to show up at his middle school and shank somebody on, so on it, Tuesday. It's and like, then what? Yeah, right. So being mindful is just so important. Mm-hmm. And I feel that a lot of people just are not checked in. I just want to also say. I'm getting sweaty. The fact that DJ Envy <laughs> really got hyped about it. The hypocrisy. What does he have, like 25 kids? Do you tell your 25 kids that go to private school in the nice part of New Jersey because you don't live in Newark or Newark-ish, do you tell them that that's how they should handle a bully? I doubt it. That really tripped me out. And especially because, you know, Nikki made a threat to DJ Self and Envy was like, I'm going to tell all the DJs not to play her music. So she handled it the way you said right? But then you, it's just the overall bias and it's just nonsense. But I want to, do you think that like, 
Okay, so you mentioned that Cardi, that was her, that was like her ammunition, her, her, that was sh- her weapon, man. Her weapon, the right? The scene is her shoe. With the shoe. The scene. <laughs> the little woman who. The red, red shoe. shoe. The red shoe, okay? Right? Symbol of like anger, violence, passion, and she's a blood. red. She's a oh, blood. Oh, right, okay. Bloody shoes. Remember? You're right. From You're right. Bodak that's, Yellow? That's right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, right? I almost lost my train of thought because I was thinking about the lyrics of the song. All right. However, why is that your, um, of all the things, of all the stunts, why is it that we automatically go towards violence? Like, from a, hmm. if we think about, um, I feel like I'm sitting on my mic. If we, if we think about hip-hop culture, right, and then also, like, in our communities, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be real and honest, it's like often our first reaction when we want attention is to gravitate towards, I'm going to attack her. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say something about her. I'm going to, instead of why don't we own the platform that we have and use the platform that we have to try to create something bigger? I totally agree. Why? Um, I don't know the why, but I can say it is more powerful when you pick and choose. There is a time for violence. There what? is. There is. Nothing was built. Like, we live in this little cushy world. But understand how everything happens. Whether someone was freed, you look at apartheid in South Africa, mm. or some land was taken, you know, personal, a personal you know, problem for me. Yeah. With this country, it was done by violence. There is a time for violence. If someone comes for me, no one's going to go to a fight and pay for it and the person doesn't defend themselves. We actually get pissed off when we see a person wimp out as humans. This is like a psychological Mm. fact. So there is a time for violence, but you're right. You have to pick and choose because almost everyone that I've made cry, it was with... You made people cry? Yeah. Last week, actually. Is that Um, why you're wearing black today? Dark side. No, it's with the... My whole thing is I'm going to listen. If we don't see eye to eye, I'm going to listen. And then whatever you say, I'm going to reflect it back to you. That's it. I don't name call. I don't pinch you. None of that. And people will get emotional because you're literally reflecting back to them Mm -hmm. what they just said Mm -hmm. and did. Because people feed off of what you just said. I'm going to talk shit. I'm going to hit this person. And when you hit them back or insult them back they feel validated to continue that behavior so at some point someone has to put the brakes on it and stop and you know i think we go there first because hip-hop was started by you know rival gangs getting together Mm, and even though it was a coming together it was also i gotta beat my chest and show you i'm the toughest and i'm the baddest and even the language that we choose to use right we don't say like um a hip-hop love fest we say a battle right right so we use more aggressive language mm-hmm. to explain what we're doing. And I feel like that translates into real life often, too. Yeah. Right? And I also think, you know, just like you said, um, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. I think sometimes, how can I say this in a PC way? I think sometimes, you know, I don't like the term we're a product of our environment. I don't like that. But I will say it in this sense. Sometimes in order for us to 
um, handle things or to understand how to interact with people, mm-hmm. we draw from our past experiences because that's how we know how to interact with people. Right. So if in my whole life experience, I'm used to people trying to come for me and the only way that I know how to respond to it is to come back for them or whatever, um, then that's how I'm going to respond. That's how I'm going to get attention. That's how I get people to notice me. And I feel like that is exactly what happened with the whole PR stunt with Cardi. It's like this is how I know how to get people's attention. So I'm going to people are not at a good place right now. With the president, with the lack yeah. of jobs, with the overburdened debt of student loans, and then those of us who do have jobs more than likely are going to jobs that we don't necessarily feel passionate about. So she's she's representative yeah. of what's going on. People are angry. And yeah, they're angry, and it's like, okay, now I can clam onto her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, it's politicians that they... They cling to because they're angry or they're not in a good place in life. But there's a lot of folks that can relate or, like I said, they're projecting Mm -hmm. a voice that they feel has been muffled. Also understand the whole Instagram thing. You know, everyone looks airbrushed. And then Cardi kind of broke through and said, no, I'm just going to wake up and start filming. Which is beautiful because she made it okay to be real. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really admire about Cardi B. She made it okay to be real. And she built her brand on being real. But let me just be clear that that was a stunt. And if anything you want to say about Cardi, she's not dumb. To me, Cardi has now moved into the group of rappers who, um, you know, there's rappers who all they talk about is lean and they're sober all the time. They talk about being a thug or being out in the streets and they have a master's degree and their kids are going to college. So now she's moved into that lane because Mm. now it's all about the brand of being real. But I don't think you're going to see Cardi fighting anyone anytime soon because she's worth too much. Mm. But she fooled everybody because they keep reporting it as a fight and that she needed to do this and she was defending herself. This is just another stunt that helps to build that brand of I'm real Mm. and I'm naive and, you know, I'm young and I'm from the Bronx and. I had to do this because she was talking about my kid, even though that has been murky as well. But it was something that people would be like, yeah, that seems like something that mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj would do. And then we have <sighs> the response. So what I, I don't want to happen is a repeat of the Little Kim, um, Foxy Brown situation, because it's just absurd to me that someone who's been in the game that long would advocate this. And they were around. Mm-hmm. I think we all were around in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, but something else I wanted to touch on briefly, Eric Benet had some comments a few weeks ago. And it basically, I'm paraphrasing, it went like this. If you're rapping about things that are destructive, abusing women, drugs, what have you, you shouldn't even consider yourself a rapper or part of hip-hop. You are a white supremacist with black skin. Those were Eric. I don't even know why Eric Benet wow. was touching on this, but because these were his comments. Wait, but isn't am I mistaken that Eric Benet had some stuff he had like that he was going through with Holly Berry, or he, just in general? Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he he said he had a sex addiction. No, but I thought there was maybe I'm mixing him up. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Wow, that was a very powerful, loaded statement. Yes. Can you say it one more time? Basically, if you're rapping about anything that's not uplifting to the community, 
that you're basically a white supremacist with black skin and you don't you don't belong in hip hop. You shouldn't consider yourself hip hop or part of the culture. If you're not talking about anything uplifting. Yeah, if you're talking about drugs, abusing women, violence, what have you. I'm paraphrasing. That is very loaded. Wow. Yeah. And from Eric Benet, he's like a singer. Right. And what was what prompted him to say this? Like, was he, he just was being, being interviewed, interviewed and, he just and I don't know why he said this very loaded yeah. statement because he was mad or like he, he was fed up. He, he was, was being interviewed, but I don't know the whole context. Okay. It's been a few weeks. Okay, but I just thought that was interesting. His statement, yeah, and that it was coming from Eric Benet of all people. Like, he's not. I don't think not Eric a, Benet when I think hip hop. Right, right. You know, I think that's the tricky thing about hip hop, though. It's like. There is, like you said, there's a time and a place for violence mm-hmm. and everything. In a lot of hip-hop, there is violence. There is a lot of anger. There are things that are talked about. But, I mean, you if you look at other genres of music, you can also find similar kinds of things. I think it stems back to the fact that, you know, hip-hop is based in black culture, mm-hmm. which is based... <laughs> I'm going to just break it down. So if you look at black men, right, black men are hypersexualized and and seen as aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is um, magnified in hip hop. And so um, for him to make a comment like that, it's it's really interesting because it, it, I don't know, it speaks to a lot because sometimes what you're speaking about in hip hop is your own personal experience. Almost all the time, yeah. it's your reality right so like if this is my reality cannot truly be judged and cannot truly be deemed uh white supremacist yeah when you were talking about violence and whether there's a place for it i I flash back to me being a, a high schooler a ninth grader and getting off the bus and walking to my apartment building and these guys standing in front of the building and saying you got to get past us because this is our neighborhood. Um, I won't say the name of the gang because I don't want to start anything. But I basically had to fight and push my way through, uh, you know, just to get to the door to go upstairs to my apartment. So, you know, I don't come off that way, I don't think. Um, I work in, in, in an office, right? And people depend on me to communicate their their messaging. But... That's a real thing, right? So if I would have channeled that into music or channeled that into something else, that's part of my reality. That's not me being violent. That's me telling my story. That's you telling the truth of your story. Yeah. And I think to judge that, to criticize that, maybe because that's not your story, Mm -hmm. is is very complicated. Yes. I'm I'm glad you said that. It's very complicated because... It's kind of like if someone doesn't understand your circumstance and they tell you, yeah, but what you're saying is wrong. Right. You need to say it this way. Right. But you don't understand what the situation is. So you can't truly judge it. And then to add on top of that, sort of like take away someone's race and say, no, you're actually this kind of race. Mm -hmm. And you're actually fighting against your own people. That's complicated. Hey, Kimber. 
Hey. Hey. Running on colored people time. It's my intention, but great to see you guys. Again. Introduce yourself really quickly for the folks either watching or listening and anything you want to quickly shout out. Um, I'm Kimber. I'm here. <laughs> So we were talking about the, when it's necessary mm-hmm. to fight, because it's not always necessary, but when is it necessary to fight? Um, anytime your self-respect is being compromised, that's how I feel about it, um, because in actuality, you know, the significance of certain situations don't really amount to um, the sacrifice that you tend to make when you do decide to make that decision to fight, be it physically or verbally. But, um, I don't know, me personally, I feel like anytime your self-respect is in question, that would be the best time to assert yourself. So when you say fight, mm-hmm. I don't want to assume. So are you always saying, because I feel like you have to fight to make a name for yourself. Right. You have to fight to establish yourself, mm-hmm. especially depending on where you're coming from, like Junie was just talking about. Mm-hmm. So when you say fight, and we touched on this a little bit, you know, we have a lot of weapons in our arsenal. Are right. you s- solely talking about fisticuffs? Are you, what do you mean when you say fight, when you've been re- disrespected? When I say fight, I mean any means necessary. Whatever you choose to do, be mm. it let somebody have it, curse them out, fight, protest, whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. So how has, you know, we talked a bit about how hip-hop wasn't even invited mm-hmm. to the Grammys and to Fashion Week at one point in time. So, and we're on the, you know, we're here the day after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And I think all of us know, we recognize that, quote, let's roll when the guys on the plane said, we're going to fight these, mm. these hijackers, mm-hmm. let's roll, means something. And, you know, I just got to chill saying mm-hmm. that because you can just picture the mindset, the mind frame. Like somebody's freaking out, somebody's screaming, somebody's crying. And then you got somebody that stands up and says, let's roll. Mm-hmm. So just a moment for everyone affected, but especially the folks that died um, on 9-11. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, like I said, it's all about the circumstance you're in. And I feel another thing that bothers me about the whole, well, hip-hop wasn't invited, it's like there was a point um, when, what was the name of that movie? It was kind of like Rocky Eight. Um, what's the name of that movie? With that kid, that new kid that was in um, Black Panther. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. Right, Apollo. Michael B. Jordan. Was it Apollo? No, it I wasn't Apollo. Like, it was the one, the first Creed, one. Right? Creed, Yes. Right, uh-huh. so with Creed, everyone was saying, oh, it should have been nominated for an Oscar and this, 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 and we deserve this. And I'm just looking at it like, well, have we considered the caliber of the content we're putting out to be nominated for any award. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we think of all the movies that the black movies that have won in the past, and they are a higher caliber than Creed. Creed to me was okay. I mean, I could watch it, but was it 
an Oscar nominee performance? I don't think so. And the same thing um, falls in line with the Grammys. What have we been putting out that makes us think we deserve a Grammy? Mm. I think hmm. everything you're saying, I understand it. I don't. I didn't see Creed, so I don't have a dog in the fight. Um, <laughs> however, we did fight. You know, quote, I'm gonna quote Solange again. We fought for a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. So I think um, you're right. It's not about black or white, but what do we do with that? If folks are saying, well, we can't invite them because, of, you know, they, there's violence could happen. Yeah. And, and then we kind of perpetuate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, then what? It's to, I, do we just create our own spaces? And then when we do create our own spaces, what is, what's our standard? Because I want the standard to also be don't come here starting any shit. Don't, 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 don't. Uh, you, have you ever went into a black business and then it's like, hey, girl. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the time. It's I just was like, can I get. Oh, well, you know, we're working on it. Yeah. And it's like, I want to give you my money. Right. <laughs> All the time. Just treat me like mm-hmm. anybody else that walks in the street. I understand we look like each other. We have the same vernacular. We come from similar places. But it's just please still understand I'm your customer. Right. Right. Yeah. So. We um, touched a little bit on this, but I want to get to the, the, the heart of the theme for today, mm-hmm. which is friends, fans, and ghost followers. Okay. I want Junie to start. Give me the definition. And, you know, ghost followers is very, very near and dear to social media, but <laughs> just in the terms of life or however you want to... F- ghost followers. What's a friend? What's a fan? And what's wow. a ghost follower, and how? What does that mean to you? That's deep. <laughs> I take these words very seriously. So, I think a friend, and are we talking about in the context of life or the context of just social media and stuff? Like, or you can put it in the context of life. She gave me the side social eye. Social media, <laughs> the Nikki Cardi, however you want to put it, because oh, I'm gonna go last. Come on. <laughs> I have no problem. You want to go first, Kimber? Sure, why not? Um, (laughs) um, To me, a friend is someone that you can rely on when it's crunch time. Um, Your friends are your resources that you can tap into at any given moment. Your followers are people that I think tend to be fickle. Mm -hmm. And you may appeal to them in one phase of your life, whereas when you evolve to the next, they may not be there. And ghost followers are just people that are fixated, I guess, Mm -hmm. that don't really have um, a positive or negative kind of perspective about you, but they notice you and they watch you. And I think those are the people that Mm -hmm. when something happens to you, it'll be like oh she was so cool or oh well that bitch had it coming you know like I think that's kind of where the ghost follower falls yeah I would agree with Kim but I think that friends are your like ride or die right right? they're gonna hold you down no matter what you go through they will tell you the truth about yourself Mm -hmm. if you want you know whether you asked or whatever um and then your your fans they kind of are here for you. They're here for all the stuff that you can bring to the table. They're kind of like 
yeah, she's cool, like, watching you, mm-hmm. you know? They're in there with you, whether they fully support every single thing that you do, I think they're more watching you. They're watching mm-hmm. you like a movie. Mm-hmm. And then you have your ghost followers who, it's like... um, Like the people that scroll and never tap like. But that's they know right. everything you've been because doing. Those, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, your ghost followers, I don't want to say they're like trolls, but c- kind of along the line of someone who... I, I'm, I'm always trying to be positive, but someone who might try to be waiting for that moment when you mess up or mm-hmm. they're just kind of like getting energy from you, mm-hmm. but they're not seeking to like contribute at all to mm-hmm. you. Right. Oh, I like that you said that. That's a great segue. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. They're very neutral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it can go either way. Yeah. Do you think we have ghost followers? this podcast i'd like to that would be nice because <laughs> she said i would like um <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I, I know that there's been a slew mm-hmm. i'm putting it mildly of outreach um on behalf of this podcast to everyone um industry side and we taped on august 3rd mm-hmm. and now there's many voices of women talking about hip-hop in just that short time frame. Um, no big announcements, just kind of very helter-skelter. So Starting I want to shout out our ghost followers. Um, we okay. started by kind of recapping highlights of our first show, which set the bar. Yes. And we delved into topics that are, you know, were considered taboo within hip-hop or folks just didn't want to touch it. Right. Um, but I just want to give a shout out to our ghost followers because it's very clear (laughs) that you're following. And I also want to give a shout out to the two young women. You know, we all know Remy Ma um, and Scotty Beam, who are now co-hosting with Joe Budden. So I've heard. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to them um, and just everyone in the podcast community, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Um, But now to back up to the fans. I'm going backwards. I'm going ghost followers, fans, and then friends. So the fans, we touched on Ebro and Charlemagne, Mm -hmm. the fans Mm -hmm. who said, yeah, in this day and age, if someone talks shit about you on social media, you should pull up on them. You know, great advice for the youth. Um, They're fans. Fans scare me. (laughs) Even before I developed this podcast or my YouTube or Hip Hop Scriptures, I had fans. These are people who followed whatever I did. Mm. Oh, she's wearing her hair like that? I'm going to wear my hair like that. They weren't my friends, though. Yeah, I know. But they were watching everything I did. And you you guys are learning this. I have somewhat of a dry sense of humor. And so, you know, they would follow things that I said or things that I post. And some of them pretended to be friends, but I always knew. Mm -hmm. Um, So I say that to say... I hope Cardi has friends. I hope Nikki has friends, too, to kind of rein them in, pull them to the side. We don't need it on social media. Those conversations never need to be publicized where you say, hey, girl, we need to talk. And clearly, these two guys with very large but dwindling platforms are your fans, Cardi. They're not your friends. Mm. And I think I did a pretty good job of saying what a friend is. And I want (laughs) to... Give a shout out to all my friends um, that keep me encouraged um, to, to keep moving 
and say, no, you're not quitting. No, you're going to keep pushing. No, we believe in you. And I hope I offer half as much as you guys give me. But I wanted to definitely touch on friends, followers, and ghost, um, friends, fans, and ghost followers, because that's today's, that's today's um, theme. Right. I mean, I think that um, in the industry, like, I'm, I'm not in the industry, right? But um, I think it's, it's, it's something that you have to be very wary of, right? You have oh, to be course. very mindful of who's trying to be in your corner mm-hmm. and who is trying to project themselves onto you and who's trying to feed off of your energy and be your, quote, friend. Um, and then who's actually there for you looking out for your best interests and not looking for a percentage of a stunt. Right? And unfortunately, that's like few and far between. Yeah, because like even from the very beginning of the music industry and even show business, it's just been either you have enablers, which are the people that say, "Hey, why don't you try this this heroin? See how mm. you feel later." And then there's you know the people that are just indifferent and they're just there for the ride. Mm-hmm. And when you have no money, and the party's over; they're gone. Um, you know, it's it's few and far. It's very rare. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to be grounded. I feel like if you want to go into into the music industry, you have to be grounded. You have to have a positive sense of self. We've had so many people who have taken their lives recently, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that is a real issue. You have people that are celebrities that are making millions and billions of dollars, right? But they are still unhappy, and I think that stems from at the root of it, you have to be centered. You have to have friendships you cannot just have fans you cannot just be um a rap artist Mm -hmm. you have to have some sort of unit unit Mm -hmm. exactly keeping this is suicide prevention week oh well you know seriously it's gotten to that point now where we have like a week yes and i just you know like we go back and going back to cardi and and nikki i just like you said, they sometimes they need their friend mm-hmm. or someone to like, hey, let's like you don't need to be in all of this, right? You know, but often there's no one there doing that. There are no. people like you need to go and you need to say something about this. You're just gonna let it ride out. What you gonna do? And that, from a publicity situation standpoint, is good. Yeah. But from a friendship, health and well being standpoint, right. I don't know. Do you think know. people who are rivals can become friends, even if there's violence involved? I don't think it's line? necessary to become friends. I think it's more important to just resolve it mm-hmm. and move on and move as far away as possible. So Eminem had some words mm-hmm. um, with his surprise album from Machine Gun Kelly and just you know stems a little bit from Machine Gun Kelly saying that Haley was hot. And then going on multiple radio shows and saying that. And the track that MGK came back with was was applauded by everyone, including people in Eminem's camp. Um, so I think that's interesting because they actually gave him his props, mm. like on social. and But they also said to watch out for what's coming next. Mm. I don't know. I feel like... Um for one, the only reason why that's even going on is because Eminem has given us the most inconsistent quality of music for the last few years, and now he's like trying to kind of bring it back, and 
you know, he's coming at the new generation of hip-hop, whatever that is. I feel like that's the only reason why all of this is going on now. And he's essentially starting at, like, level zero now. And he's kind of, like, having to claw his way back out. Because, like, when was the last time you heard of Eminem being involved in any kind of beef? Like, when was the last time you heard that? It's been... An eternity. Yeah. Yeah. So you picked a lyric to symbolize where you were right now, Kemper. Yeah. Do you want to share it with us? I said never looking back or something of that nature. I can't remember. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Never looking back or too far in front of me. The present is a gift and I just want to be. That's definitely how I'm Mm. feeling. About life. That's Common, by the way. Shout out to Common. Shout out, <laughs> Shout out to Common. You have a fabulous voice. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I'm trying not to take anything too seriously. It's a constant struggle every day to just, you know, keep the anxiety down and, you know, say, okay, today was bad, but tomorrow's another day. Like, that's mm. kind of, you know, I'm just kind of on my hippy dippy shit like I'm just trying to be zen and calm it doesn't always work especially like living in New York Mm -hmm. you're always pushed to like the highest level of insanity but so what do you what do you do Kimber like how do you keep the anxiety down because I think a lot of listeners will benefit from that I wish I could say that I meditate and I do yoga and I take naps and I eat healthy but that's not the case Um, I smoke a lot of weed. That helps. Um, I do a lot of walking and listening to music. Mm. I feel pretty zen around that time. Um, And I do things that can pull me out of whatever I'm going through at that moment and just zero in on it. So, like, drawing, painting. um, I saw Kimber's art. Awesome. Thank you. Very talented. Check, Check her out. Thanks. But yeah, that's At Kemper Can't Draw. Okay. Kemper Can't Draw. But that's pretty much it for the most part. Um, and I have a lot of inner dialogue, too, where I can draw conclusions on certain things and be like, okay, this isn't worth what it seems to be, or it's not worth this reaction. Like, the value of this situation doesn't equate to how deeply it's affecting me right now. Like, I try to think of that, too. And um, just every day, come to some sort of epiphany or realization um, about something, be it other people, myself. That's kind of how I deal with it. Of course, I'd hope to find better ways and start doing yoga and taking naps and eating green, but I like chicken strips, so it's going to be a minute. I told you on the way here I was eating some quinoa and avocado. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm not there yet. I'm not on I mean, the rainwater wave. Listen, listen. I feel like this with self care, you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're 25, right? Yeah. Okay. Like you're way ahead of where I was when I was 25 years old. Oh, well, that's you know, early. like I had. <laughs> No, this is like the real tea. Like, I was a teacher when I was 25. I started teaching when I was 22 years old. I had no idea. I was teaching high school students. I was 22, 23 years old. And I had so much anxiety. I was um, crying in the shower every day before work. I was sweaty. I was like, just so much. And it took me, I'm 33 years old now. It took me, like, until now 
to start to like really work with myself, to heal mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. to go to those places that are super painful for me and like poke around at it. Mm-hmm. Because I think what what happens with us as humans is we we operate in a comfort zone yeah. because it's easier. So, you know, I was a huge drinker when I was 25. I drank like a lot and I, that was my coping mechanism and it made me feel better momentarily mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> until it didn't. And um, I had to learn that there was something that, that I was trying to cope like mm-hmm. with, right? And I had to figure out what that was. Mm-hmm. And so it's like one thing that I, I started doing was like you said, you walk around a lot. Yeah. I had to start working out. And then I started journal writing. Mm-hmm. And journal writing has changed my life because it has allowed me to really, like how you said, you have a lot of internal dialogue. Right. It's allowed me to shift my internal dialogue and write it, get it out of my brain, get it right. out onto the paper so that I can see, oh, wow. Like, you know, when yeah. I read it, on, like after I write everything, no matter how crazy it sounds, after I write it down, I'm just like, Okay, like this looks a little crazy, but you know what? There's something here. I see some patterns here because last week I wrote about this and this mm-hmm. week I'm writing about that and I can make a connection and then I chunk it. Okay, what's one thing on this crazy ass list that I can take care of today? Mm-hmm. You know? And so what I do is I break my journal up into two two sides. So like my the first page of my journal is only I only allow myself to talk about gratitude. Mhm. All the things. And I always start, I'm so happy that I woke up today and I'm breathing today. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to think about that. Of course. Right? And then, on the, and then I you know, say all the other things I'm grateful for. And then on the other side, I always say, think crazy big. Mm-hmm. And I write down all the craziest stuff that I want to accomplish. And even if it sounds like I can never do that, you know, I write it down. And I really try to think, okay, I'm here now. I'm over here. What's one step I can take to go closer to this? Mm-hmm. And it really helps put things into perspective for me about my life. And it helps to center me back when I start feeling that anxiety. I remember, like, A, what I'm grateful for, and B, what's my goal, where I'm going. So I think it's like, as humans, we, we, we struggle a lot. We're hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the language that we use is, like, very, very sort of... Um, even like depressing or demeaning or we put ourselves down mm-hmm. and I think that's where anger comes from I think that's why if we bring it back to Cardi B and Nicki Minaj <laughs> no I mean you know it's I think it's gonna come back to I think today. that's why the first way that we react is often from aggression from violence you know because we have so much inside of us that yeah. we are coping yeah. with that the only way we know how to release is just like yeah. get mad at someone else blame someone else and we don't know because no one has taught us we don't know how to deal with it ourselves. And so it comes out in other ways. Right. And so I really think at the core, if you don't have a solid unit, as you mm-hmm. said, of friends around you, you don't have a way to cope in a way that allows you to get out that internal dialogue onto paper or to a therapist or to a friend, then it really becomes difficult to right. handle things. So Yeah. So I thank just, you for sharing just, all of that, Jimmy. Because I'm, I was, I felt like I was in church right now. Um, I, you know, sometimes it comes, and I just gotta say. So I'm, I'm gonna summarize and, and wrap up um, for everyone. You know, it's important the self care, the self care, yeah. um, the the unit, the people who surround you. 
Um, I do want to say, whether it's Cardi or anyone else, I can only imagine what it feels like to have someone cheer you on. Mm. And sometimes people are cheering folks on for not the right things, but can you imagine when there's millions of people, millions of fans, and we define what a fan is, mm. cheering you on? It must be so irritating. Even when you're I not doing so the right thing. thing. So, mm. you know, my heart goes out to anyone like that. But to your point, you know, I, I try to start my day with gratitude as well. As far as the friends thing, you know, Kanye recently pulled up to WGCI with a lot of his old friends, including GLC, and he had a moment where he cried and he said, Don C wasn't around me. I needed him yeah. around me. Oh, my God. I cried when he was like... And I'm sure people I saw that him. and they were like, my friend is not around me either. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to call him. Yeah. I'll call her. Um, mm. And I've reconnected with people more recently. Um, me too. And I've been on like a three-year journey, I'll just say which I'll say for another time. Um, so just want to recap, you know, what you said about energy, I thought was really interesting because I went to an energy healer recently mm-hmm. and she told me that anxiety is just your inner child and it doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I, that freaked me out. Say but that it, again. Yeah, that it's your powerful. inner child. It's your little one. She called it your little one. And she said, what you have to do is tell that little one, I'm here. Mm-hmm. That's literally all you have to say. I'm here. Hug, if it makes sense, you know, visualize yourself hugging that smaller version of you. Mm. Um, And so that that has stuck with me. I saw her a few days after our last podcast. And I have to tell you, tremendously helped um, to see that because I think you get caught up and you instantly become that five year old or three year old all over again. And so Mm -hmm. for me, I was like, wait, I'm. I made it through that. I'm grown. I need to hug her and tell her she's a good kid. So everyone listening, we love you. We love you. You're a good kid. And we will see you next time. Yes. Sayonara. Peace out. Much love.